What's going on everybody? Joseph Mugen here and this is Nomadic Life and let's get into some digital business here. Um, first of all, I wanted to say um, rest in peace to Stanley. Um, and if you don't know who he is, um, he is one of the creators of a lot of the Marvel characters and all these Marvel movies that we have been seeing. Um, I grew up, well I'm a millennial, you know, grew up in the 80s, I mean, was born in the 80s, mid-80s, so <clears throat> I grew up watching and reading a lot of, more watching the, um, the cartoons than reading the comic books, um, never really liked to read when I grew, when, when I was growing up, even with pictures it was still hard, um, sometimes I just sit there, admire the pictures, and a quick, uh, quick fact here, um, I always wanted to be an illustrator, an artist, while I was growing up. A comic book artist, uh, to be exact. Excuse me. But once I found that that was, that I didn't have the skills, I kind of fell off from it. And I realized how hard it was to make money. And that was way before the internet, so... Something totally different. <clears throat> but... But yes, uh, rest in peace to Stanley. He's made a big impact in a lot of our lives, um, especially a lot of the younger people. And even before that, um, back from the 60s, when they were, um, when they were <clears throat> publishing a lot of comic books that had a lot of pop culture in there. Like, for example, if you've ever watched the X-Men... <clears throat> Um, Professor X, Professor X or Professor Xavier was um, he was influenced by Martin Luther King Jr. While um, Magneto, um, the villain, he was influenced by Malcolm X. So <clears throat> some you know a little quick fact there, um, just to throw that in there in case people didn't know. And I know this isn't a comic book, um, a comic book podcast or anything like that, but. I just wanted to pay my respects to the man, um, Stanley. Um, he's made a big difference in my life. And while we're talking about Marvel, uh, we'll we'll go and talk about um, a blog post I wrote when I first initially started um, my digital journey, and it was called Marvel Marketing, um, <clears throat> and it was based on Marvel Marvel Studios, how they were have been able to. Use Easter eggs and use the uh, end credit scenes to their movies to <clears throat> to bring more um, to to gain to gain a greater audience and not just that but to also tease up upcoming movies to build hype um, for those movies and and if you don't think that this is anything big or significant. Go look at the YouTube um, views that they get from Easter eggs, from end credit scenes. Um, they get millions and millions and millions of views. And this is what we would call as digital marketers um, <clears throat> awareness. Uh, more awareness to the brand. Although Marvel's already a big, big brand. But not just that, but people are writing articles. I mean, they're... Um, comic books, comic book movies are a niche in its own, um, although it's, it's highly popularized now because of the, uh, because of the Marvel movies and the popularity of them, but if you really look at it, um, <clears throat> you know, when they first, 
um, the, for the first Iron Man movie at the very end. Um, they had Nick Fury, who was played by Samuel Jackson, come and tease um, Tony Stark, who's played by Robert Downey Jr., um, about the Avengers. And now we're on the... It's after, 10 years later, we're... They're shooting... They're, they just got done shooting the fourth Avenger movie. And, yeah, that's that. I mean, I mean, Avengers, Affinity War is awesome. And a lot of the Marvel movies are really awesome. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a big DC fan. You know, I actually... Um, my first introduction to comics was actually the Batman um, with the Batman movie. Um, as far as I could remember. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But... But other than that, though, I'm still a big fan of Marvel as well, too. And I want to pay my respects to the man. Um, But, yeah, like, back to Marvel marketing. I mean, I thought that was... I mean, a lot of other studios have tried to do this. But um, this is how Marvel has been able to keep the audience curious and attentive to what they're doing. And not just that, but how they are also... How their movies are made as well, too. Um, How they... They're in the same universe, in the same realm, and previous to this, um, a lot of movie execs, they didn't believe that people would actually go and watch uh, movies where that would span over a long time, unless it's like a trilogy or something like that, and Marvel has been super, super creative about that, and I give them um, a big, big nod compared to other studios like Warner Brothers, that tried to do the same thing but couldn't couldn't execute um, like Marvel did. And at the end of the day, with business, with anything, it's all about execution, execution, execution. So, um, but now let's talk about. Well, we can talk a little bit more about Stanley because I can. I wanted to talk about mentors as well too. I know I mentioned this in the last couple podcasts, but. Um, when Stanley started off, he was just an assistant um, or an associate um, to Jack Kirby and one other fellow. Jack Kirby's the other, I guess you can say, founder or who is credited with um, Marvel Marvel Comics, because it was Jack Kirby and Stan Lee that did a lot of the creating. Um, I don't know a lot of the details, and I don't want to, um, you know, give misinformation. This is just what I know from, you know, my research and my my studies of comic books over the years. Um, but other than that, though, um, Stan Lee started off as an associate, as an, an assistant, and, and eventually he was just asked, hey, can you help edit, um, you know, some scripts that we have for this comic book? And he went and did that, and after starting that, I mean, the rest is history, you know, after... Man, after 50, almost 60 years in the comic book industry, yeah, he he was able to give us and show us something great and awesome. Um, maybe even 70 years in the industry, because we're talking about like the 50s and the 60s. Um, I, I say about the 60s, like early 60s maybe. I'm not 100% sure, but around that time span. But yeah, he started off as an apprentice, um, if you really think about it. And one thing that I do talk about uh, on this on this podcast is apprenticeships. Because initially, when I started my journey as a just as a business owner, um, it was as an apprentice. You know, um, growing up um, in the industry of restaurants, and then having my family be a family of entrepreneurs. Um, I don't. I say. I say less than 50% of my immediate family 
um, actually have a job job. Um, most of them are entrepreneurs, even in West Michigan here. Um, a lot of them are entrepreneurs, like a lot of the restaurants that are owned. I know I'm, I'm related to a lot of them, at least the Asian restaurants, Thai restaurants specifically. So, and not just that, but like even with myself going into digital marketing right now, I've been uh, looking for an apprenticeship, applying for apprenticeship. No luck. Maybe my skill sets isn't there yet, but, um, I have another strategy, um, uh, I've been going to the seminar. This will be my third one this week. Um, they're doing it every week. And I've been listening to a lot of YouTube videos, listening to um, podcasts and books about how to find your, how to find a mentor. Because it's, for me, I think it's the next step. Because I'm not saying I'm lost or anything like that. But I just need a little bit of guidance um, with what I'm doing. Um, because sometimes it's just good to get a small reassurance that, yeah, you're going the right direction. Or maybe someone to hold you accountable besides yourself. Although I do hold my count, myself accountable a lot um, with this digital journey, starting a digital business. But finding a mentor. So um, I've been aiming to um, talk to the um, the speaker at uh, Mar- um, Matterhorn Marketing, um, which um, is the company that's been throwing the seminars, or at least what they brand themselves as because I know the I know he owns thousands of um, websites at least 1100 I think from what he said in the first seminar and then he owns several businesses probably more than several but um, well he does a lot of paid at paid advertisements and paid advertisements are big really really big in digital marketing because the return on investment the analytics um, it really shows you that if you sp- you can spend $1 and make $5, $1 make $2. So initially it's still a profit. So why why the heck not? You know, as long as you're spending, you're making. Um it's a little bit tricky and that's why I want to get into it. I know that you can put money aside and you know, do a lot of this and that to to make your profits, but um I don't know where where it stops and where it ends. So I really think that that'd be something cool and uh, interesting to get into as I'm starting to run my own ad campaigns from what um, last week's um, seminar was like. He's like, you know, take five bucks every day, you know, and run some ads um, through YouTube, through Facebook, through Instagram, through Google, just to get used to it. I mean, I've done it before, but um, didn't totally really understand it. Didn't know that I should, you know, that you should be um, testing many, 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 many ads. And this, this is something that we couldn't do in traditional marketing. Like, for example, if I wanted to do traditional marketing 10 years ago or before pre-internet, I would have to either do TV commercials or get it done on print through magazines or through paper, uh, newspaper or through radio or through another media source. And they were usually pretty expensive. Um, it was I would I can imagine that it's a lot harder to actually uh, run tests because you would have to let you know because you don't know how many eyes are seeing it. It's just more of brand awareness, and you're hoping that these people keep seeing these brands, um, seeing see your ads, and that they will eventually be converted into customers. And on average, um, the average consumer has to at least see or be aware of your brand at least seven times before they make a purchase or think about making a purchase and with um, business 
gaining that first customer is a lot harder than a repeat customer because once you get that first customer it's a lot easier to retarget them or it's easier to resell to them so that's why digital marketing is so popular so um, has been growing because of these um, analytics that you can find and we'll see um, um, where it goes from here for me as far as it goes because you know I'm looking and you know you know, because mentors, they, you know, they're already successful. Um, because I've, I guess I've had mentors before, um, I guess family members, but, um, you know, now I don't, um, I'm not, I don't say I don't talk to them like that anymore, but everybody's doing their own thing. And it's a lot harder now to just, you know, get maybe 10, 10 minutes um, to talk to them. So I'm looking at other routes and not just that, but a lot of my previous mentors, they did traditional business, traditional restaurants, traditional brick and mortars. And I'm, I'm looking to find a mentor that's doing something along with what I'm doing and where I want to be in the next 8 to 10 years. Um, the mentor that I'm seeking right now, he's just pretty cool, awesome guy. Um, I, I love the way he speaks. He's very clear. He's not nervous. And you know that that's from a lot of experience of either being in front of a, a big crowd of either your workers or maybe, you know, he's done seminars before. I'm not 100% sure um, as this is the first one he's doing here in Grand Rapids, at least I know of. They even have signs and whatnot. You know, so definitely seeking out a mentor because I and I'm not looking for someone to necessarily hey go do this go do that go do this i just need someone to be there but like hey you know like i've been stuck on this for like 10 you know 10 20 hours not sure what i should be doing and i just need some clarification and you know you build a relationship on that and like i said the mentor doesn't need you you need the mentor and from a lot of advice that i've been getting off of youtube and and um the podcast and that I've been listening to is just um, just go and ask, um, see what value you can bring to that mentor um, or that person that you seek as a mentor, and do do shit for free. Um, some some apprenticeships that apprentices that have been apprentices that have been um, wildly successful. Um, that's generally what they talk about is that it wasn't until they found that mentor that they started to become a lot more successful. And I'm not saying that I am successful or I am not successful. I'm in the middle. I'm in, I'm, it's, it's the beginning of my journey. Um, and I, I definitely encourage those of you who are uh, aspiring entrepreneurs or business owners um, to seek out the mentorship. Because um, um, as a, I know that from my experience as a, as an entrepreneur, when you, when you are somewhat successful, it's hard to go out and seek mentorship because sometimes you may feel that you're already on top of the world or maybe you feel that you might know it all already and that's the wrong way of looking at, um, at, at things or at situations or at life um, as an entrepreneur because as an entrepreneur, you're supposed to be growing all the time. You're supposed to be learning and you also want to you, you also want to gain these the knowledge and skills so that you can further grow your business build the networks build you know build the foundation for that business so that that business um, won't won't shut down shop in the first five years in which one of every f five businesses fail 
no, one, one, no, I think it's only like one of 10 businesses succeed within the five years, and then out of that percentage, one out of five of of that business will stay to 10 years or something like that. So it's very slim chance, and a lot of it is just due to the fact that a lot of uh, um, aspiring entrepreneurs, they go in there head on not knowing what they're doing, and they fail, and this is not necessarily a bad thing because I myself... Um, I see my business as a failure when I was uh, in the restaurant industry um, just because, you know, I mean, I just gave up on it. Um, not to say that I gave up, but I did. And you know, to pursue other dreams, though, to pursue something different, even though you might think, hey, you were a business owner, you know, yeah, that's, that's correct, but um, that business might not be the right business for me. And maybe the business that you're in might not be the best business for you either. But um, definitely check, um, definitely look into mentorship if you're stuck. Uh, Even if you have a job, even if you're an established entrepreneur already, or even if you're just getting started, it's always a good idea. Or and also look around you. Maybe the people that are around you are already um, some sort of mentors. Maybe it's you know a professor, a teacher, your dad, your mom. You know, relatives and not that if you don't have anybody like that around you, go to seminars, seek out, seek out these people. Um, It's hard at first. Um, I'm going to be giving it a try this week. I'm trying to try to bring value to this gentleman here so that maybe he can in return, you know, give me 10 minutes out of the week, out of his time. Um, And I hope that that's not and I don't think that's too much to ask for, Um, but I'm really not asking for anything. You know, I just want to be around the person and see how he carries himself see what he does in his business and you know because you know I can you know I can kind of you can learn from that and I want to learn from that so definitely seeking out an apprentice I mean a mentor um, right now in real life so definitely the next step for me Um, but other than that hope you like the podcast hope you like this um, this session Um, once again rest in peace Stan Lee, um, apprenticeships, mentorships, seek them out, Mugen out. Bye.